Welcome to the Life Success and Legacy Podcast. We're glad you're here, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, we want to welcome you all back to uh, our next episode of the Life Success Legacy Podcast. I'm Chris Bay, and today I'm super excited um, that I get to interview my dear friend, Mike Kwong. Hi, Mike. How are you? Good morning, Chris. Thanks. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing super, super great. Um, it's kind of fun to get to do this. Normally, we're Zooming, um, discussing clients and their situations and problem solving, or we're explaining the income snowball to our IBC clients who are ready to build passive income, those kinds of things. But today, we get to do a Zoom that's a little bit different. We get to celebrate, my brother, Dibs on Your Money <laughs> by yeah. Michael Kwong. And there's a whole bunch of letters behind oh your name goodness. that I have no idea what any of those stand for. Uh, they're just letters that show I, you know, I spend a lot of time in the classroom. So maybe, <laughs> maybe too much time. You're you know? a, you're a serial le learner, right? That's it. That's it. Serial yeah. learner. That's there awesome. Mm -hmm. um, well, thanks for being willing to do this. Um, this podcast is kind of a follow up to an interview you did with Michael Crawford. Um, back the end of August. I've got August 27th is when that was released, and that can be found on our website at lifesuccesslegacy.com. Um, and that interview, when you were talking with Michael, you were kind of unpacking your history and your journey and what has led you to some of these ideas and what you've learned from others and so forth, um, which is really important stepping off point to what we're going to talk about today, and that is your book. So I want to dig into that. Um, first, it's called Dibs on Your Money. And right. just for the listeners, can you kind of explain, like, how did you come up with that title? Where did that come from? What was the inspiration? Sure. So Dibs on Your Money, you know, that goes back dibs when you, when, at least when we were kids, that was like taking ownership of something, saying, I got next dibs. Um, yeah. So I wanted to have that type of uh, action emotive, you know, uh, reference, but Really, it's just the acronym, right? D-I-B-S. It stands for the Dynamic Income Banking System. Okay. And what that means, dynamism, of course, is movement and energy, and it's about the flow of money. Uh, the income comes from the income snowball, which I talk about in the book, mm -hmm. and the banking is from the IBC policies that you use to do so. So um, dibs on your money. Um, I've got, uh, you know, the Reese's cup here on the I wanted cover. to ask about the Reese's and <laughs> I know you and you probably don't touch sugar oh no come on look at this this wasn't <laughs> built today I didn't know if it was hey we're going to release this right around Halloween time so we're going to throw a piece of candy on there that was <laughs> what's what's the deal with the Reese's peanut butter cup with the dollar sign on it yeah, so so that's kind of a you know it's explained in the book, but really it's it's the melding of two otherwise um, you know normal and uh, you know understandable concepts like peanut butter, which is great on its own, and chocolate, which is also awesome, right? Mm -hmm. But when you put them together, it makes this wonderful magical you know uh, confection of the Reese's cup, <laughs> and, and that's like the income banking, right? IBC is a powerful concept, you know, that's just amazing on its own. The income snowball, same thing. But in, in my experience with my wife, Pay, I'll talk, you know, uh, we figured out how they can work together and come together in the dibs, uh, which the book's about. So. so 
why not just keep that concept to yourself? Why, why, oh. why write a book about it and share what you figured out with people? <laughs> what, what's the motivation? What's the, what was the inspiration? When did you know yeah. there's a book in me that I want to share with somebody? Sure. Uh, so I guess this started, you know, really from a series of notes that I had been, you know, over the years putting down, um, just writing down for my daughter, you know, um, my daughter is obviously going to have everything one, one day, you know, um, and that's the point of legacy. But more than that, I wanted to pass on to her um, uh, a skill set, you know, a strategy mm -hmm. that we've been able to employ and benefit from. Uh, so that she doesn't just have the things that come with, you know, an inheritance, but uh, the uh, the skills and, and you know, the right mindset to be able to, even if she didn't have a penny from us, she could build that for herself and for her family. And in that vein, we realized quickly that, you know, this isn't just for her. This is something that's important that everyone should know. Anyone who, you know, is a father like myself or has a family or, you know, just wants more. Uh, could benefit from this. And my wife was really instrumental in encouraging me. Um, she said, you know, you can write. And, and I've written a lot of papers between law school and business school. Um, but I wanted this to be different. So yeah, to talk about, you know, uh, where that came from, it was really just an inspiration from uh, passing on something that for my daughter. Kind something of for Jackie. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And that is an inspiration that can deeply motivate a parent, right? Is you want to have that legacy for your kids and things like that. Do you see Jackie? How old is Jackie now? Uh, she is still 14 until December. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She's so uh, we, we both have daughters with December birthdays. Um, have you seen her take an interest? You and you and Pei are super passionate about what you do and teaching others. And you just hosted a party recently. Yep. We had a bunch of people over. Uh, we can talk about that. But have you seen an interest from Jackie in learning what you guys do? Or is she like the typical teenager? She's like, oh, my parents, they're always talking about this stuff. I'm going to go you know, get on my phone. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, she actually has always had a, an active um, interest in in money, oddly. Mm -hmm. I think she was like six or seven. And at her elementary school, you know, they had the daycare after school. And she got busted, as she calls it, for, for <laughs> having a, um, well, it's a money-making scheme. And it was really simple. She basically fashioned in, out of paper uh, a basketball hoop, okay? Yeah. And with pennies, you know, she would offer the kids a chance to, you know, flick coins to make the hoop. And it cost them like, you know, a nickel each shot or whatever. And if they got it, then they'd get a dime. And of course it was impossibly difficult to get. So she was making about $2 a day uh, and she got busted by the proctor and, you know, got in trouble. We had it shut down in her words and, and it was just hilarious to me, but yeah. So she does take interest in it. And to be honest, she actually helped me, um, read through, you know, one of the final drafts of the book to make sure it made sense because I, I want it to be as accessible to the public um, as possible and at all age ranges. Mm -hmm. That's so. cool. Yeah. So <laughs> she started. I'm I'm guessing that whole basketball hoop thing that that's from Pay's genes. That's yeah. That's probably that's totally her. her. Yeah, I can see that the secret <laughs> weapon. <clears throat> okay, so. The inspiration was really for Jackie, but then you expanded it, wanted to make it more accessible to others. 
And in the book, you you had something there that you had thought you wanted to say? No, no, no. I mean, and also just, you know, from my parents' experience, right, who, who worked really hard um, physically. They didn't go to college, um, and, and we came to this country as immigrants. So um, I, I always kind of knew in my heart, like, there's got to be a better or, you know, easier way um, to, to kind of make it in this country. Mm-hmm. And I talk a little bit about that in here. Um, so, yeah, that was also part of that motivation. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask you, as you think back over your kind of upbringing, and mm-hmm. uh, you talked about mindset um, a yes. number of times in the book, yes. and obviously those mindsets come from our parents and what we learn at school and other things. When you think, and you've done a lot of schooling over the years, when you think about your experience with your parents and your upbringing and your schooling and all those different things, do you see some like seminal, some super important moments in your upbringing that kind of shaped your mindsets originally or shifted your mindsets to where you are now, especially as it pertains to work, money, et cetera? Sure. Um I mean, in addition to a serial learner, I guess between myself and my wife, we are also, we've been serial entrepreneurs. Um, So Mm -hmm. we'd always, you know, uh, had some sort of uh, investment or business running um, in our experience. I mean, from, you know, laundromat to a food truck in Hawaii, all while I was active duty in the Navy. So, I mean, we realized though, that ultimately we were always working for that money, right? Um, and, and kind of leveraging not just our own efforts, but, um, you know, if we had employees, then through the employers, employees themselves. Um, but I kind of knew like there must be a, a better way. And, and that dawned on me that, you know, if your money can somehow start working for you, then that's something that just kind of changes the game. Um, and just figuring out, you know, how the rules of money works, because these are you know, universal rules. Uh, and I talk about that too, that they don't teach in school. After all the years, you know, I've been in school, uh, they taught me how to be an employee, right? How to, you know, be a cog in the machine, if you would, but uh, they didn't really teach you how to take ownership of your capital and how to flourish it and make it grow, you know, on its, you know, from its own. Kind of so, kind of that concept that, that Rich Dad, Poor Dad talks about, right? Yes, that's yeah, right. That, yeah, that different mindset that that people approach. So your parents, um, being immigrants here and working their tails off, right, using their backs, encouraged you to do it differently. And then, yeah. as we hope, each generation then improves on what we've learned. So, from what you learned yeah. from your parents to what you're passing on to Jackie, what would you say has been that transformation in mindset? Sure. Yeah. So. Um... Right. My parents, you know, for the for the most of their lives, they work, you know, as they put it with their backs, right? Physical labor, manually uh, on your feet all day, just sore muscles. And they always kind of instilled in us, you know, the drive to learn or to to work uh, and be productive with our brains. Right. To get, you know, uh, white collar jobs, if you would. Right. Uh, and 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 I did. I went to school for that, just like they teach us. Right. You get a you go to good school, get a high paying job, uh, working with your brain because that doesn't break, you know, as, as easily as a back gets sore. But even be- beyond that, you know, um, for Jackie, I mean, she's already in that track and, and you know, she'll be, you know, uh, she'll have a great career. But even more than that, I wanted her to understand that she can 
choose whatever she wants to do and not have to chase that dollar, even if it's with your brain, but mm -hmm. to actually put the dollars to work. Uh, and then really that's where freedom comes, you know, uh, financial freedom. They talk a lot about it, but um, it's that time freedom that you have as well. It's not just a function of money coming in because if you're working all the time for that money, what time do you have to spend, you know, or, or to have with your family or what matters to you, you know? Yeah. So let's, let's dig into the book just a little bit and we'll do, um, we'll do a follow-up podcast, breaking down some of the concepts and some of the um, chapters and things. But one of the things you just mentioned that made me think about your book and talking about Jackie and where she is in her mindset, you talk about the difference between um, being rich and being wealthy. Mm -hmm. And that's one of those mindsets that you kind of unpack in the book. Do you want to talk a little bit about that difference between being rich versus being wealthy? Sure. You know, uh, you know on its surface, they're synonyms. You know, in one of my five careers, I was an ESL teacher. <laughs> so we talk a lot about that. And they sound very similar. For, for people who don't know, what's an ESL teacher? Oh, English as a second language. Yeah. Yes. So these are students. We're both educators. So we, that's like second nature that's to right. us. That's right. Sorry. <laughs> these, are, these are kids who uh, are students who sometimes adults um, who English is their second language. Mm -hmm. And so we know this from our boot camps that if we throw out some IBC vocabulary term and our audience has no idea what it is, if we use like paid up edition writer PUA and they don't know what that right. means, you've lost them. Like they're stuck right. and they can't get the whole concept. So English as a second language teachers help students really understand that. So you understand the importance of that language. So back to rich versus wealthy. Sure. Right. So a rich person um, is someone who obviously, you know, has a lot of money coming in. Um, they're big earners. Think of the big, you know, um, white collar earners, the doctors, the lawyers, um, and they're working for that money. Uh, the, the problem is if they were to lose their source of income, Okay, uh, how long would that last? Uh, now, maybe they've over the years built up some savings, but the point is the way they're making their money is through their own personal effort. Mm -hmm. So you can have a lot of money coming in, but 100% of it or the majority of it is from your active work. A wealthy person or wealth is uh, same thing. You have a lot of money coming in, but it's really not the amount that varies. It's the nature of that income. Mm -hmm. And the nature of a wealthy person's income is passive in nature and how is it passive it's again from the money at work making more money for them they've invested uh themselves to learn about how to you know manage the money so that it can grow so they have the time they they can stop where whatever they're doing full-time go to part-time or stop at all altogether, and the money just keeps coming to me that's even more powerful and yeah. that's where freedom comes yeah, that that freedom of time, sure, um, and flexibility. And and as our listeners know, um, as Nelson, we're not big fans of like, oh, retirement means you go and you sit around and you know, uh, right. you go sit on a boat or play golf or those things. It's it's the freedom to use what your God given abilities and gifts are and to share those with other people. So, for example, you, your freedom of time has allowed you to write a book. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah. Which is now blessing um, everyone who has an opportunity or chooses to read it and, and implement the concepts in it. So that's an example of that freedom of time. Yeah. So you can 
you know, follow the meaning that, you know, that you have in your life that fulfills you. Mm -hmm. We talk a lot about it, life, success, and legacy. We want our team to work within our unique abilities, right? And, right. and we've, um, and that's a, just to pass on the, the language that unique abilities is something that we've learned from strategic coach with Dan Sullivan. Um, and we've worked and developed a process and followed some of Dan's teachings to, for our team to discover their unique abilities. And as you and I have talked about this and you've dug deeper into it, we've kind of discovered your unique ability is teaching through language, whether that is spoken or especially, I think, even written um, communication. And this book is a perfect example of that. Has yeah. that has that always been in you, just that ability to articulate concepts um, to people? I, I think so, you know, and, and really at the heart of what I do today, you know, we mentioned we were both educators, formally uh, educated in education. Um, but I, I'm still a teacher at heart, and, and that's what I love, you know, um, and teaching comes through many modalities, obviously, right? Some people are really great at numbers, but uh, I love to talk, believe it or not. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, just writing it down helps me slow down my thoughts. So that was a really fun exercise um, because this, the material in the book, it's, it's, not, it's not easy. There's a lot of concepts that, you know, can be a little bit lofty or, or academic and maybe dry. So one of my aims was to make it more approachable and to, you know, hopefully you can hear my voice in, in the book as, I, as, as you read it. Oh, um, absolutely. It's uh, knowing you and knowing your sense of humor and your little quips that you use and <laughs> things like that. Um, I, my, my experience, and I've read it several times now, just through different drafts and all, um, I think your, your writing voice comes out very strong and you make it approachable, as you mentioned, you make it, um, humorous, um, and, and yet you speak truth as to some of the things that we've been taught and mm -hmm. then how that maybe we can think about that in some different ways. Um, so talk about that format of the book. Like a lot of these books are, can be rather technical, um, but yours really, I mean, there are some charts, there's some numbers in there, sure. but it's not, I mean, I'm not, believe it or not, not a huge numbers person. Our team will know that, but our listeners might not. I'm not a huge numbers person. I'm more of a conceptual guy. Mm -hmm. And so probably because of that, your book really spoke to me um, because of how it was written. Your, what was your intent? What was your purpose? How did you come about with the content or, or the format of your book? Great. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, Obviously, it, it it details and documents our own experience. This is what we've done over the years uh, and come together with. But I wanted to make sure that the reader is led through in a way that is going to impact them the most. And, and part of that is not to just throw them with numbers that don't mean anything to them, first of all. So I introduce myself in the book, but I get right to talking about the right mindset, right? Uh, we have to have the right context that for our brains to be in before any of the content matters or is going to stick. Uh, we talk, you know, at Life, Success, and Legacy about ruts that we have in our brains from an old tractor going down the path 30, 40 years. And it's the same, you know, with 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 our minds and our, you know, the, the financial concepts that we've been inundated with over decades and decades. Um, and, and IBC is really a different type of thinking that's required at times. So I wanted to kind of um, cushion that impact before I get into it by having people think about what money 
you know, how it works. And, and I kind of pulled back the curtain. I like to think about debt and, and interest absolutely, and yeah. banking, because that's all banking really, you know, but a lot of people, they participate in it all the time. You know, W2 check goes in, check goes out, you know, money goes out for the bills, but that's the extent to their understanding of banking. So I take some effort to explain that first, to lay that out and, and about the rules of money. That's important that a lot of folks don't understand if they think about interest rates, they just hear about the APR, right? The annual rate. They don't think about, you know, the actual volume of interest that Nelson talks about. That's really more important. And it's, that's often missed when you have amortized vehicles like mortgages that stretch out to 30, 15 years or car notes that five to eight years. So um, I, I do try to break that down because once I feel the reader can understand that, then the concepts for IBC and the Stoneball just, they make sense. Yeah, it really blends together. I'm, uh, just as an anecdotal, just on the side, I was just reminded this week, you and I did a coaching session together with a client who is ready to um, refinance a vehicle because they can right. get a lower interest rate. Sure. And and we were like, <laughs> you may want, and I, and I was like, do you have a copy of Mike's book yet? <laughs> you, and I know you're sending sending him one. Um, but yeah, that's, it's very practical information that I find in your book that applies to people all the time. And it, it's not like, oh, I wonder, should I do this? Should I do that? I was just helping a young woman who's 20 and she's getting ready to buy a really nice car. Right. Yeah. And, and so we were talking and I was just using it as an opportunity. And I was using language from your book. Like you gave me tools. <laughs> from your book to use as a coach to help this young person. So um, there's so many applications that the content in your book uh, uh, provides. Um, so was as I'm reading your book, this is how I take it as a reader, and, and I haven't provided you this feedback, but as I read it, what you really do is you take the four things we talk about IBC doing turning outside debt to inside debt, eliminating that outside debt rapidly, yeah. building a cash pool that you can use for anything you want, using that to leverage for passive income, and then being able to pass on tax-free wealth transfer. I'm reading your book and I'm like, Mike Kwong is taking these kind of abstract concepts and he's saying, now let me teach you about velocity banking. Let me teach you about IBC. Let me teach you about the income snowball right? You're unpacking the how-tos of those four things in your book. Am I right? Well, you've said it better than I could, and I really appreciate that feedback. Um, and, and something, you know, that brings to mind, Pei was mentioning, uh, you also have a book, you know, Family Banking with Purpose, which is awesome. And we kind of joke among us ourselves that, you know, your book is the why mm -hmm. of IBC. Yeah. Nelson's book is more like the what right? It's, yes. It explains IBC, introduces it to the world. And I like to kind of think that maybe my book can be the how in yeah. some sense, you know, to take it to the next step and to build passive income from the policies and whatnot. So it's kind of a nice little trifecta that we'll have on our side. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I always tell people my, my little book, and it is little, um, it is not to replace any other IBC books at all. Again, as an educator, my purpose in it was to provide a different learning style for those who maybe don't think in terms of numbers or content, they're more story-based. And so it's mm -hmm. a parable, right? Um, right? But I think even yours, even though it is the how 
um, it is so accessible the way you write it. I mean, it is, it's a breeze to read through. So for listeners that are out there and you may be intimidated by financial concepts, investments, and things like that, trust me, it's, it's very accessible. Mike's done a great job of writing it. Um, so as we start to, uh, we'll kind of wrap up here or get close to it at least, because uh, I could continue this conversation, but we will in a future podcast. Um, if there's someone out there that's listening to this or they come across it on Amazon or on our website or wherever it is, you know, that they come across it. What do you hope and think that a, that a reader is going to walk away with um, as they read your book? Like, what are those aha moments you think they'll get? Or what are the tools that you think they'll get that they can then turn around and put into application in their, in their own lives, like within, you know, the next day or next week? Hmm. Wow. It's a heavy question, but yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I would say, you know, the first impression I want everyone to get is that there, there is a better way, right. Mm -hmm. And, and that there are avenues that will of course take some learning, you know, and time to understand and grasp, but, you know, between IBC income snowball, and that's, you know, not the only obviously, but, um, there's a better way. And, and my point with that is that, uh, you shouldn't, you know, feel stuck in the rat race or, you know, uh, the rat uh, that I mentioned, but um, that there are also resources out here, you know, um, with Life, Success and Legacy, you know, uh, with TARDIS, that uh, people should reach out and, and get more information. This is just the starting point. I wanted to introduce uh, the ideas and, and kind of give ideas as to how to get started. But uh, I want it to be kind of a call to action as well, you know, take ownership again, right? And that starts with, you know, this up here. Uh, that's why it's called dibs, take ownership of your money. But yeah. getting started, you know, also takes that step that, you know, I want people to, to make because everybody's busy, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it, it's not something that you get in a weekend or a month. Sometimes it takes years, right, Chris, to, to kind of get the ideas. I don't know why you're bringing up my name. It's not like it took me four <laughs> or five conversations with you to finally get it through my thick head. <laughs> no, no. But yeah, I want it to be an encouraging piece, you know, for people to come away with and like, ah, there's, there's hope. There's, there's, you know, there's things that I can do for my family, for myself, you know, for the business um, that they can learn and, and take control of. So. Yeah, I was thinking about as I was reading your book and thinking about, having this conversation with you, I was thinking about, okay, who is this book for? But then I was thinking the opposite. Who is this book not for? Like who wouldn't this book be written for? Sure. Have I you thought say, about that? No, I haven't, but that's a great question because, you know, this is not the book for somebody that just wants to, you know, someone else to do it. Okay. You mean you mean like just send five percent to my four hundred one k and just hope at the end something's there? That's exactly it. Because I know? don't want to spend any time learning about it or managing it myself. I don't want to take dibs on my own money, right? They don't want dibs on their money, or they okay. could be afraid to take dibs yeah. on their money because fear is a big, you know, mo like uh, emotion when it comes to money as well. Mm -hmm. And I get that. I do. We talk to a lot of people that you know once that you know concept or you know uh, conversation of money comes up. They just, they could be brilliant in their, you know, fields or whatever work there, 
you know, but whoa, money, well, there's a lot of baggage that comes with it. And, and I don't want people to be hindered by it. I want people to, you know, I want money to be something that's easily discussed because that's how we learn. I mean, I'm always learning new things every day, but I mean, I'm comfortable with that concept and I want people, everyone to be comfortable, you know, with it so that they can start learning and take dibs and control over their own money. Because no yeah. one's going to care about your money more than you will. You are, you know, doesn't matter what fancy suit in Wall Street, you know, is doing. They're not going to care about your money as much as you will. So it, it really behooves us all to take control, you know, of ourselves. We talk a lot about in our ongoing coaching with our clients um, about building competence and then confidence. Sure. And it is so fun to see people's, you know, like their shoulders rise and their eyes open up when they feel more competent in what they're doing with their money, which then breeds that confidence. And I think that, I mean, to me, that's kind of my walk away from your book is that that's your goal is you want to build that competence and give people a path. I joke, I talk about, okay, Mike and Pay have laid out the breadcrumbs for us. <laughs> All we have to do is follow them, right? It's a proven path that works. Yeah. yeah very good. Okay. Um, we are going to follow up with some additional podcasts and we're going to unpack some of these concepts that people can get uh, from the book, um, mindsets, concepts, et cetera. So we'll follow up with some of that. But if somebody's itching to get a copy, um, what formats are your is your book available? Where can they find the book? Um, those and I I think it's fair to say you don't really care where the get the book. You just want them to read the book. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, of course, it's on available on Amazon right now. You can get the uh, the paperback version. Uh, there's also an ebook or Kindle version available on Amazon. We'll have it very soon on our website at Life Success and Legacy as well. Mm -hmm. um, again, you know, we, we thought about Audible, but they, we do have some charts and graphs in there that I haven't gone that direction yet, but we'll see what more feedback, you know, brings to us. Um, but for now, there's this hard, the uh, soft cover and the ebook version. It's available on Amazon. And as you mentioned, it's just a, a kind of a, a call to action um, for people to take dibs on their money. And in a lot of times, in fact, one of my neighbors is an author. She writes mysteries, but she won't tell me the title of any of her books and she won't tell me her pen name. So I have no idea what her books are. In this case, it's very different. Every People have access to you, right? It's not sure. like you're this, this writer who's off in the mountains, you know, working on your, your next series or novel. <laughs> no. Like you're here and available to answer questions and do that. How, how can people do that? How can they reach out to you if they have questions? Sure. I mean, they can reach out to me at mike.quang at lifesuccesslegacy.com. Um, you can find me on the website with, you know, our wonderful Fab Five uh, team of uh, coaches. Uh, and I've been very grateful to, to join, you know, you guys. And um, just email me, you know, reach out that way. Um, I'm talking to people every day. If you'd like to schedule a conversation, uh, just reach out. There's a ton of resources on you know, our website, uh, podcasts like this, obviously, uh, where you can get this free. That's what I love. You know, again, um, <laughs> free has no value, but, you know, it's priceless, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, I strongly encourage people to get themselves a copy of Dibs on Your Money. And for those of you who have um, young, you have teenagers or young adults, 
Um, to me, when, when we think about our daughters and building financial literacy for them or helping them build financial literacy, um, one of the things that we did is we put our money where our mouth is. We actually paid our daughters to learn and research things that we thought were important. And so, for example, our boot camp, Lily went to one of our boot camps and we paid her to attend and then write a two page report on it. So I'm just dropping an idea that if the concepts in this book is something that you want to build with your children, their their um, financial literacy, you might consider putting your money where your mouth is and have them read this book. Of course, you're going to want to. But what great conversations can uh, come great. out of that? Um, with your kids. I don't know if you have any thoughts or, or cons uh, anything you want to share on that piece before we wrap up. No, Just that's a great, great idea. Yeah, great idea. Because again, you know, <clears throat> it's all going to them, uh, uh, you know, uh, one day anyhow. And the sooner you can get them involved and, and take ownership of their futures as well, you know, um, the better. And, and what better way than to, you know, have them read this book <laughs> yeah. together. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Mike Kwong and all his letters. Um, thank you for spending this time talking thank about you. your book. Thank you for the time it took you. And I know pay because you guys are a dynamic duo. Yep. Uh, and we can talk more about that in the future podcast as well. Um, thank you for taking the time to not only test these concepts out for yourselves and find the bugs and work it out and you know, all those things, but then to share it in a format that is so accessible uh, for others to now apply in their lives, including myself. Uh, super grateful. Thank you for, for uh, doing this podcast with us and we'll look forward to the next one. For those of you who have done a copy yet of Dibs on Your Money, we recommend you get a copy. Uh, you can get that on Amazon or on our Life Success Legacy uh, website, lifesuccesslegacy.com. And of course, as always, if you haven't read Nelson's book, Becoming Your Own Banker, that is the foundation. And, and Mike talks about that. He makes an analogy to building a house. Um, yeah. That is your foundation. So if you have not read Nelson's book, we, we strongly encourage you to do that. So Mike Kwong, thank you so much, my friend. Look forward thank to our friend. next one. All right. Bye. Bye, buddy.